The following podcast contains strong language and frank discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Well, welcome back to another cold, rainy, gross murder amongst friends. It's Joanne and Mike. Bonjour. (laughs) What? Give me a little, okay. <laughs> Let me, Jesus Christ, Michael. I've been practicing all day. Yeah, I bet you have. Yeah, I bet you couldn't fucking wait to do that. <laughs> yes, Michael. Hello. Hello. Yes, hello, Michael. <laughs> Bonjour, Michael. I was just, you know, tog, Mike. I was just thinking, what would I do if I was on an elevator and I saw somebody wearing a shirt that said Paris on it? Oh, God. You know, no, you wouldn't because you would, first of all, if you got to an elevator and there was someone on it, I would wait you for would the next wait one. for the next one <laughs> or is, take the stairs. That is correct. Stop acting like you're, uh, let me get in and make some chit chat. Hey, guys, Michael, if you ever meet him, despises chit chat he does not like small talk much like my sister my sister and michael have that in common they do not like chit chat or small talk i'll I'll, I'll chat it up i'll chat it up yeah michael will not no when we first started becoming friends i just i distinctly remember having (laughs) not small talk conversations like Almost immediately. Yeah, like my daughter introduced me to Mike. She's like, hey, mom, this is my friend Mike. Mike, this is my mom. And then Mike uh, started going off about existentialism and uh, the Cold War. What are your top five biggest wishes, hopes, and fears? Right. And we just, you know, he started talking about Q for P. And I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. I just I just want to make some chit chat. Like, hey, ooh, nice weather we're having, huh? Oh, those Red Sox. Oh, my God. And right? that's when I introduced her to Larry Ray. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. Thank God. Because gross. Speaking of gross, Michael. Oh, yes. Look at you with the segue. Oh, my goodness. Um, speaking of grotesqueries. Um, and this isn't a joke. This is no, legitimately the most disgusting I'm not trying to thing. exaggerate here. Yeah. I'm not using superlatives and hyperbole and i'm talking about an absolute grotesquerie yeah in the past when we've said things have been outrageous Mm. or disgusting Mm. or whatever as gross as some of those things were there was still that element of hyperbole when you compare it to what she's about to tell you this pets of the man (laughs) so we that's a piece of shit uh technical podcast term um Trademark. Uh, <laughs> trademark. Panning. Trademark Panning. MAF. Um, <clears throat> Michael and I, first of all, let me just say Discovery Plus. Get your shit together because I deleted Discovery Plus from my TV because I could never get it to work. It kept crashing. It would buffer every three seconds. And I said, why am I paying? By the way, I pay for it. Right. Why am I paying for this? Why am I screaming? Um, and it didn't work. So I fucking deleted it. Whatever. And then we realized there was something we wanted to watch. So I tried to log back in. And it said, you have an inactive account. So I tried to then activate my account to a new package. And then they said, you already have an active account. (laughs) So I don't know what the hell happened. I ended up just telling them just cancel the entire thing. And Michael signed up for a free seven-day trial. Yes. Um, So we went to Discovery Plus on the recommendation of my coworker, Carol. Shout out, Carol. Carol. Hello, Carol. I grabbed her this morning, and I was like, oh, I'm going to 
choke you for making me watch this. Um, and we watched Thank the... Thank you for stealing sleep from me, Carol. Yeah, I mean, it was really bad. We watched the three-part documentary on Jared the fucking subway guy, <laughs> pedophile extraordinaire. Yeah. And like, extraordinaire is an understatement. I... The thing is, guys, Mike and I watch plenty of heinous shit. Heinous. Michael Michael watches more heinous shit than I do. Oh, absolutely. And we were both flabbergasted, like dumbstruck, gobsmacked, horrified, beside ourselves, mortified, <laughs> nauseous. Yeah. Like the things that he there was audio recordings of him describing things that he's done to children things that he wanted to do to children, texts between him and another guy who was definitely doing things to children, and just the terms and phrases and things that they were saying that they, it was... Like some of the stuff... Beyond what I thought would be in something like that. I thought they would have, I don't want to say dumbed it down. Yeah, Uh, I know exactly what you mean. There's a level of depravity that you just you don't expect to be presented with. And like you with. know that it exists. We right. all know. Like they're talking about going to Thailand and getting like kids as young as four. Did they mention like a four? It was like four, seven. Uh, like bleh, bleh, bleh. and oh yeah, you don't get in trouble over there. I've been there a few. Like the stuff that they were saying. Like when you actually he gleeful. hear someone say the words, yeah. it like stabs you in the gut. Yeah, it's because you know it happens, and it's horrific to think that it exists at all. But to hear someone describe it mm-hmm. as if you're like, "What'd you do last night?" Yeah, I grabbed a pizza, and then you know I watched a movie, played some video games for a couple hours. Me and my friends, you know, we hung yeah. out. Just so matter of fact, so cavalier. Yeah, just a thing you do. Mm-mm. The way he's talking about this stuff would be. In some situations, outrageous, even for consenting adults. Just the way right. he was talking. Um, but to say it about kids, it, it was... There's just... There's oh, a, my God. A, and <clears throat> I hate to say it, guys, folks, friends, chums out there, guys and gals, cats and kittens, um, Romeos and Juliets. Uh, <laughs> this motherfucker... What'd you say? Capulets and Montagues. Capulets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting a little fancy over I mean. there. Um, this motherfucker got like 15 years. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. For 14 victims that they could prove. Right. And countless others that either didn't want to come forward or whatever. Or are in different countries. Or whatever. Or, yeah. But or that's s- less than one year. Or Poor. that bullshit statute of limitations. Oh, that's, that's, don't get me fucking, don't even Mike. But yeah. like, that's less than a year. Yeah. Per victim. And there are other perpetrators presented in this documentary. Oh, that, that are just as bad or worse? Yeah. The mom, though? The mom. I have a hard time making this an actual recommends just because, I know. like, as... I, know. I almost don't want anybody to even see it. Yeah. I mean, as as hard as it is to watch some of the more violent things or even... We did recommend the uh, the Larry Ray documentary and there's some real disturbing yeah. footage in that. Um, but it's also a, between adults and adults also. Right. There's just, there's something about, because <clears throat> obviously there's nothing to see here. You're not right. seeing a 10-year-old recount what hap- to, right. happened to them. Um, you do hear from victims, but they're adults now. And right. a lot of them didn't have direct 
victimization from Jared that we know of or that they described. But right. he's just saying things, and it is more horrifying than any crime scene. The photo least I've ever tame seen. thing that he said is, and I quote, I find middle schoolers, aren't middle school girls hot? Or I find middle schoolers so hot. That's, that's the opener. Le- that, that's how he starts. That's how he, he met a lady yeah. for the first time yeah. and said that. In a middle school, by the way. In a school? <laughs> yeah. Bro, you would have been fucking chucked off the stage. Yeah. And I would have super fly snooked you. <laughs> pop, pop, like two elbows. Yeah. Boom. Like, and again, back up. Pop, pop, pop. Boom. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But these other, these other perpetrators, especially this mother, oh. got she got something like thirty three, thirty five, years. roughly like thirty five. I remarked on the it. The guy the time. got what did he get twenty five or something. Yeah, he even got less. Yeah, I remarked on it as we were watching it that it's strange that the woman got the most. Not to say she did the least because well, she was the mom. Yeah, doing stuff so. Yeah. I don't want to get into too many of, of the details of, no. of what Mm-mm. was done at all. Mm-mm. But my biggest concern wasn't that the woman got the most. It's that these men didn't get enough. Yeah. 33 years. Oh, they they, they, they definitely yeah. gave her more because they said, one, she's a woman. Two, she's a mother. Right. But and they, what they the didn't, victims were her own daughters, by what, the way. Yeah. What they didn't take into account are these other fucking guys over here on the side. Yeah. Doing countless other... Well, she also had the least amount of money, <laughs> uh, so probably the the least experienced or the, or the not as good lawyers. Okay, uh, but to, to... I don't care how good your lawyers are. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. mean... And this was one of the most infuriating, the 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 most infuriating detail for me. Mm. There's a lot of shit that will disgust you and will make you question humanity and will piss you off yeah. no end. There was, they describe kind of how the prosecution went about things in specifically the Jared case, not not these other ones, but that he was potentially facing between. Five and fifty years. Right. That was kind of the itself is is too big of a. It's way too big of a range. A range. And they didn't say what the prosecution asked for in terms of a sentence, but what they did say. Oh, I remember you got so pissed. I was so mad. (laughs) You were so mad that the judge was so horrified by what she had to listen to right. and the facts of the case and whatever that she... She basically was like, I'm going to throw the book at you. And we were like, yes. Yeah, in a, in a very rare move, they said, the judge exceeded the sentence that the prosecution was Suggested. even seeking. And we're like, great, that's awesome. And then he still only ends up with 15, 15. years. So what was he going to get? Five? Right. What like, was the recommendation if he still only ends up with 15? Out of 50. And that is her being harsh and people saying, whoa. She's like, really like Bro, you would have got 50 hands. plus 50 plus 50 each kid. Yeah. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. So it's, again, hard to recommend. But I, mean, I can't even blame Carol because you know we were going to watch it. Oh, anyway. yeah. Abso- so I, I'm sorry, Carol. I love you. Yeah. Thank you, Carol. Thanks, Carol. Um, but if any of you do watch it, blame Carol. Well, yes. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Send us emails blaming Carol and I will and forward them to Carol. Yeah. <laughs> but it is called Jared from Subway. 
Uh, I forget what the subtitle is. It's no one can. Like Jared from Subway, fat fucking piece of shit, is what it should have said. Yeah, it's finding a monster, uncovering a monster, catching yeah, it's something, a monster. It's something, something like with that. monster in it. Yeah. And like monster, you wish there was another superlative. Like that's stronger than that because he is just a cretin. The other thing that we talked quite a bit about as we were watching it, and then we'll <laughs> get off this topic, I promise. Everybody was talking about him as if he was an a actual celebrity. A celebrity. <laughs> right. A celebrity. I didn't want to say anything. What if he had me kill? He's not fucking. He's not. A, he's not. Vincent like Bonanno. Yeah. Like he's not one of these. He's not a patriarcha. Like what are you talking about? Yeah. It's not a Meyer Lansky. Sorry, Mike. Thank you. Sorry about that, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's not Mo Green. <laughs> you know. You know. But, like, they were talking about him like he had this cachet of, like, celebrity and, you know, style and panache. And I was like, you're ass. You got a better chance of getting fucking pregnant by Jesus than than this guy is a fucking celebrity. And I'm going to tell you this. He did not lose any weight eating Subway sandwiches. You're going to tell me he lost weight, (laughs) right, eating carbs all day, eating bread all day. And sodium bombs. There's nothing but salt in deli meat. It's just Come deli on. meats. Yeah. It's not like he said, give me the veggie delight, hold no. the bread. No. It's bullshit. That's a salad and he could have done like. Yeah. Fuck this whole Jared. thing was a fuck marketing him. scheme. Yeah. Fuck this guy. It was. So come after me, Subway. I hope you don't find Fuck you, Subway. I hope you go out of fucking business. Yeah. How about that? Because, because yep. Subway was made aware. Three times. Three separate times, yep. I think, by three yep. separate victims. And the only investigation they did They did them, one, and then they even, said there was nothing, uh, there was nothing that they could uh, find that was wrong, and they closed it. And they also said that it wasn't even about any sexual misconduct at all. It was something unrelated to that. That was your, the only thing they looked into him your for. Your sister's ass. How about that? That's what, I mean, I don't understand. Not yours, not Kayla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Kayla, your ass is fine. But yeah. Oh, she doesn't <laughs> we'll, listen. We'll leave your ass out of it, yeah. Kayla. She doesn't um, listen. Well, she should. Uh, but don't, it, just get out of my face with all of it. Yeah. I hope he dies in prison. He won't. No. I hope somebody murders him on the street. They won't. Because they'll think, oh, it's a jar. And I hope somebody goes out of fucking business. It they're, probably won't. They're looking for a buyer right now. Who's going to buy it? Oh, let me buy, let me buy Subway? Yeah. We so, just came out with this thing with Jared who's molesting kids and you guys knew about it? Yeah, let me throw my money behind that franchise. Yeah. Sure. There's, uh, <laughs> there were some financial articles written like this documentary could not have come for, at a worse time for the well, Subway Corporation. Well, titty said the kitty. Yeah. Don't, okay. Don't, it's no good diddling kids. It's no good diddling <laughs> kids, uh, Frank Reynolds. Yeah, and that's the final word on that. Yeah, and that's an Always Sunny uh, reference uh, that is not just Michael giving sage advice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what say would... you this week, Michael? Well, we do have a story. We have a, a little bit of a shorter story because mm-hmm. we would also have been remiss if we did not mention our favorite scumbag, <sighs> Alec Murdoch. <laughs> um, Richard Alexander Murdoch, uh, Mr. Murder, Mr. Murder, Mr. Murder. Um, obviously, we've talked at length yeah. about this trial, but we would be remiss to at least not comment now that it's over, now that he's been found guilty, now that he's been sentenced to consecutive life terms. Uh, Bye. Yeah, it was. Bye. It was, now let's get fucking John Marvin Randolph and Busta. Yeah, put them all in jail too. There was. Uh, it was a spectacle. It was a sight to behold. 
there was some real piss poor lawyering on the the side of the defense. Yeah, they were. Um, This is going to be one that I think gets. I I don't think this is going to be a case that kind of fades away. Well, he still has about roughly, oh, I don't know, a hundred other cases. And I'm not exaggerating. He's got like 99 pending financial uh, crimes cases that he now has to go through. Well, that was that was his play the whole time that he knew he was dead to rights. And it was a bit confusing. Why would he admit to all of these crimes? Because they are crimes. And if you look at the potential prison time that he was looking at for these crimes and the murder, they were almost the same. They're pretty similar. So to admit to one and not the other, the difference maker of course well <laughs> is where does the rich white guy who can who committed white collar crimes right. go to jail right versus where does the murderer go right. to jail right so he thought obviously he was gonna go to some cushy prison right and be an in-house like lawyer for these convicts and shit yeah and even if and live a cushy life even if he got 99 150 years for the financial crimes that's not without the possibility of parole. Right. So he thinks he's still he's getting probably going to get a day pass so he could do work release and all this right. other fucking bullshit, right. Michael. Go to Buster, Bus Bus's wedding. Well, we've got to go visit Bus Bus. Yeah. You know? But he is now in jail where he will stay for the rest of his life. Goodbye. And for most of us, well, most of you, I'm sure I still will, but uh, we'll never have to hear about him again. Yeah. Goodbye forever. So that's uh, what's been going on in our and the world Mm -hmm. these past few days. Uh, But on with the show. (laughs) And away we go. Again, this is a a shorter story because there's just not as much uh, information really out there that I could find that kind of set it apart. But... This does have a not-so-tenuous connection to the story we talked about on our last episode, oh. that of the I-5 killer. Okay. This is the story of Roger Kibbe. Hmm. Sometimes, you, bits. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you might come across the name Roger Kibbe when you're looking into Randall Woodfield. Okay. Now, why might that be? You tell me. I'm about to. (laughs) In our last episode, we discussed the frenzied serial killer, the I-5 killer. Would you believe there is another serial killer with nearly the identical moniker? Roger Kibbe is a serial killer and rapist commonly known as the I-5 strangler. (laughs) Well, I bet they're super pissed about that. Wouldn't you be pissed? I mean... I'd be like, you're you're taking... Seriously, guy? I'm putting in the effort here. I want to be known. I want to be differentiated. Imagine you're the wet bandits and then someone comes over and they're like, we're the liquid robbers. And you're like, you son of a bitch. God damn it. Yeah. Kibbe doesn't have a weird quirk in his past like being drafted by a professional football team. (laughs) Okay. In fact, I didn't find that much on his life at all. Mm. He was born in 1939, worked uh, in his adult life as a furniture salesman, and killed at least eight women in California between 1977 and 1987. Oh, boy. So he was active for a lot longer period of time than Woodfield was uh, because I think Woodfield still technically meets the criteria of a serial killer and not just a spree killer, um, but his timeline was so very well, shortened and condensed. It was such a frenzy. Yeah. 
And typically to be a serial killer, you need obviously more than two victims, but you need mm. that cool down period is a hallmark of it. Otherwise, it's just a spree. Right. And you don't get that distinction. Um, so I think technically there was, but at the end of Woodfield, it was just a spree. Yeah. It was like barely days between. Yeah, he was just wild. Yeah. <laughs> but operating over 10 years and having only eight or so known victims, and I say only just compared no, to, to, to Woodfield, to, but yeah. um, but it, uh, across a 10-year period is, you know, that's that's not nothing, but that's more what your average serial killer looks like. Yeah, what's your number? <laughs> <laughs> you almost said a number, too. You almost said a number. His victims were either hitchhikers or sex workers, mm-hmm. and all but one were picked up on the freeways near Sacramento. So shout out to Sacktown, which has its very... <laughs> Very storied criminal history in Sacramento. Kibby's M.O. was to kidnap his victims, tie them up using parachute cord, and wrapping their mouths in duct tape. Mm -mm. I really want to know the origins of this piece of his method. He would cut the victim's clothes using a pair of scissors that had belonged to his mother. Ew, what? Come on, guys. Can if, you knock it off with the mom edible shit? Can we cut yeah. the shit? If anyone has read a book or found more information about Kibby's early life, just send it to me. What would you me. even consider? Like, I'm trying to rack my brain yeah. to go, oh, it's probably this. Like, yeah. unless the mom somehow abused him with scissors as a kid, and so yeah. now he's, maybe his, how did his mother die, Michael? Who knows? Yeah, maybe that- it was odd circumstances and he took the scissors and now he's like you know yeah that's i don't know or maybe he's just a fucking wacko who knows yeah Uh, so and he would cut the clothes off in weird shapes he wouldn't like like he'd take like i'll take the sleeve off and then a circle in the pant leg and then maybe i'll cut slightly to the left and then take a turn and like what yeah he was just making weird shapes he wasn't just finding a seam was his mother like a seamstress like god maybe she had patterns all over the house and shit so he would cut <clears throat> off the clothes into unusual shapes. He would rape his victims and then strangle them to death. Sometimes he would garrote them with the parachute cord. Other yeah. times it was manual strangulation. Great. Like up close and yeah. personal. He would remove the duct tape before fleeing the scenes by cutting off most of the hair of the victim. So it wasn't one piece of tape placed yeah. over their mouth. It was oh, wrapped it was around, around their head. No. And then to get it off, he would have Why to Why would you remove... get it off? I don't know. Why wouldn't you just leave it alone? I don't know why in Let's the 70s. Let's put our fingerprints on. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, okay, but yeah. but still. Yeah, I think that was. How about probably, just get out of there? He probably thought if I touch the tape, <clears throat> I need to take the tape with me so there's no fingerprints, I don't understand whatever. what these people think. And he would have to cut the hair away to get all of the tape off. Um, so that's fucked. Yeah. His known victims are Lou Ellen Burley. She was 21. She met Kibby for an interview. Now, this is a kind of a strange, convoluted story that mm. we'll, we'll touch more on. But she met Kibby for an interview on September 10th, 1977. She met him again the next morning and never returned home. This was supposedly a job interview. Okay. Kibby eventually confessed to raping and murdering her. And after 34 years, her body was finally found. Oh, my God. More on that. In a, in a bit. Next victim was Laura Renna Hedick. She was also 21. She was a hitchhiker and sex worker and was last seen getting into a car with a white middle-aged man oh, yeah. on April 20th, 1986. 
Her body was found near Sacramento on September 6th, 1986. So from April so to September. Not, not 34 years. No, not Jesus. 34 years. Barbara Ann Scott was 29. She was found strangled beneath a tree on a golf course in Antioch, California on July 3rd, 1986. Can you imagine just you're going to like, oh, your dad goes fucking golfing. He's like, I'm going to play 18 holes today, Michael. And you're like, okay, dad. And then all of a sudden he calls you up and he's like, I found a dead body under a tree. Uh, would you like to come on the podcast? Good, sir. <laughs> I'd be like, Robbie Bobby, get over here. Yeah. Stephanie Brown was 19. She was found sexually assaulted and strangled to death in a drainage ditch in San Joaquin County on July 15th, 1986. So one body found July 3rd, another found July 15th. A pair of unusual scissors were found near her body. He didn't lose his mom's shears. It sure seems that way. Well, what the fuck is the point of having them? (laughs) Next is Charmaine Sabra. She was 26. She was found strangled on November 9th, 1986 in Ione. She was last seen on August 17th, 1986, accepting a ride from a stranger after the car she and her mother were in broke down on I-5. He he took her. He took, what, what happened with the mom? Stayed with the car. No. And never to be no. seen again. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. That one I knew you would have a no. real reaction to. First of all, my daughter's not getting in the fucking car with anybody. You got that straight. <laughs> anybody. Yeah. I told you I jumped out of the car one time. Because a state trooper pulled her over, yep. even though she didn't do shit. Yep. She was just following me home from school. And he pulled her over. And I was like, you're about to fuck with my kid. And I literally jumped out on the highway <laughs> and told this motherfucker, I don't know what you pulled my, my daughter over for. And he was like about to brandish his weapon and tell me to get back in the vehicle. I was like, eat shit, motherfucker. You're not pulling her over for no reason and then messing with her. Yeah. You think I'm going to let her get in a car with a fucking strange man, oh, str- white man in his mid, mid-30s? What are you, crazy? <laughs> Not a chance. No fucking chance. Catherine Kelly Quinones was 25. Was found strangled near the Pope Creek Bridge at Lake Berryessa. Does that sound familiar? Mm-mm. That was a favorite of the Zodiac Killer. It was Lake Berryessa. Uh, on December 21st, 1986... Her body was identified through fingerprints as Tracy Lynn Goebel, one of the 17 aliases used by Quinones. So she was a runaway. She was a oh, sex worker. Oh, I see worker. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Quinones was her first name, but she came up in the system as Tracy Lynn Goebel. Okay. Karen Louise Finch was 25, vanished on June 14th, 1987. Seven days later, her body was found in a slough ditch. She had been sexually assaulted and her throat was slashed. Uh-huh. Duct tape was found in her hair. And finally, Darcy Renee Frackenpole was 17. She was a Seattle runaway working as a sex worker in Sacramento. 17. Yeah. She was found strangled on September 19, 1987 in South Lake Tahoe. She was last seen around August 23rd, mm. 1987. So she was missing for about a month. Yeah. In 1988, he was finally caught. And it was initially only for one murder, that of his final victim, Darcy Frackenpole. In 1991, Kibbe was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to 25 to life. Okay, good. In 2003... Then you tell me that the (laughs) the judge is like, ah, we'll just give him two years. It's fine. Well, (laughs) 
Yeah, he killed somebody, but I mean, it was only one person. It was just one person, yeah. Uh, in 2003, they were obviously looking for more bodies yeah. related to him. So they, uh, in 2003, he took prosecutors to a dry creek bed where he tried to remember where he dumped Llewellyn Burley, his supposed first victim from 1977. Nothing was found. Detectives searched the area again in 2007. Again, nothing. nothing. Kibby went back with detectives again in 2009. Still nothing. A grand jury was then convened. Kibby accepted a plea bargain. Maybe they're not. Maybe. Well. Maybe they're in the wrong spot. Maybe he's, you know, trying to work a deal. Maybe he just wants to get out of fucking jail a couple times, you know? Yeah. And just feel the the wind and the sun on his face. Because, like, that's never happened before. Yeah. Yeah, of course it has. Of course it has. Uh, so a grand jury was convened. Obviously, grand juries will do whatever prosecutors say, basically. So grand juries be doing what grand juries be doing, Michael. Right. <laughs> so Kibby accepted a plea bargain on November 5th, 2009 to avoid the death penalty, but was instead given an additional six life sentences. Also, stop giving these people the option for no death penalty. Like, you know, it's so problematic because then I think about it and then I'm like, ah, oh, it's... Ungone, it's not it's inhumane and it's this and it's that and then there's other times I go yeah burn that motherfucker to the ground like what are you talking about yeah set him on fire and watch him burn yeah there's like it's, I don't think you should be able to wheel and deal yeah your way out of a death sentence you know oh well oh this family wants closure they want to know where their poor dead daughter is that I raped and fucking stabbed yeah. into a million pieces well I'll tell you if right no no Put him on the rack, stretch him out, and get the information. Yeah. How about that? See, I, uh, this is why I can't be in law enforcement. Right. And you're not a bastard. And, you know, a cab. So. Oh, right. Um, it probably surprises no one to know that I am against the death penalty for moral reasons. But from well, not, I'm sure the not people from have a, been put to death that not are from, probably 100% innocent and got railroaded. Yeah, right. Not from a like life is sacred <clears throat> right. Jesus perspective, but right. more from a the, the state shouldn't really be determining who lives and who dies without absolute certainty. You right. can never be 100% sure. Um, sometimes, well, sometimes yeah, you, you feel can. like you can. <laughs> um, yeah, you can. But. Your DNA is all over the dead body, and you go, yeah, yeah I fucking killed her. Yeah, it's and just... And we go, well, sir, thank you for making it 100% sure. But, now we're going to kill you. But if you can't be... This this is why I, I... Because you say, like, well, what about Jared? Right. You know, like, but this is why I come down... Oh, I down, think all child molesters should be... But but this is why, There's to no me, rehabilitating. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Yeah. But this is why, to me, it shouldn't be a common practice by the state. Because unless you can be 100% sure 100% of the time, if you could potentially kill an innocent man... How does that apply to Jared? It, it doesn't. Okay. But if it was... We watched the, the latest 2020 last night, and it was about a guy who theoretically falsely confessed to something if he truly did falsely confess and then he gets put to death right you know is that okay as a society no, are we okay of course it's not right so that's the only but, reason that i'm kind of like categorically but do i feel like 
Oh, do people? Do I? Do you don't think people do deserve I in my head the absolute, death penalty? Right. That absolutely. I mean, absolutely. <clears throat> you you will you won't catch me out there saying save this person. Right. But as a thought exercise, even if the as death, a even if like you got the death penalty, yeah. right? And 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 I mean, instead they don't kill of you actually, 40, 50 years yeah. Anyway. I mean, Jesus Christ, but like. Even if you were never actually put to death, but yeah. you had to then go to like an even worse right. place where they kind of just yeah. let you all to yeah. your own devices. And if you end up marked, mm, oh, well, whoops, whoopsie, yeah. oopsie doops, like whoopsie yeah. daisy. I said, I said if I was you know? in charge. Like I a would, Hunger Games. Yeah, I would create- Put them on a fucking... Island with electrodes of the, you know, they can't, you know, or people there, if you try to escape, we're going to shoot you, yeah. but uh, you can stay on this island. Yeah. But if you get killed on this island, you die in real life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, that's it. Yeah. I would turn it into a battle royale or yeah. from New York situation yeah. where it's just. It's the Royal Rumble. Whatever of happens over there. Pedos. Did you ever see Battle Royale? I don't know. It's a Japanese thing. It was. Maybe. It's proto Hunger Games, basically. It's like this. It'd be like the SummerSlam of rapists. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I am politically against the death penalty. Oh, no, you're such a good boy. Aren't Philosophically, you? I would never disagree with you saying that people deserve mm. to be killed. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't and deserve the air they breathe. Yeah, thank you for coming <clears throat> to my TED talk. <laughs> so pick up was, a brochure at the uh, at the yeah. door. <laughs> so he was given six additional life sentences for his other victims instead mm-hmm. of the the death penalty. Finally, in 2011, a detective again returned to that same creek, but this time discovered a bone. Okay. DNA testing was done, and it confirmed that it had belonged to Lou Ellen Burley. Okay. So he was already sentenced to life for her anyway at this point. But But at least now they... Right. This is this is where she was and... And give the family some... Actual closure. Actual closure, yeah. And and and, and, And a location... I don't know that I would, but if they wanted, yeah, could could go there right. and have a final a service, yeah. a moment, uh, yeah. could visit there on an anniversary or something. Yeah. At least they have a destination, right? Right. Or had uh, some sort of maybe catharsis if it's possible, right? I mean, for like I said, for me, yeah. I mean, no, but while continuing to serve his sentence. Kibby died on February 28th, 2021, in his cell at the age of 81. Good. You say good. What do you mean? But while He's you dead. may while you may be disappointed that he died in unremarkable death of natural causes, mm. I'll quickly disabuse you of that notion. Oh, please tell me they beat the shit out of No, well, it was Kibbe's, 81. I mean... Kibby's cellmate, 40-year-old Jason Boudreau... Oh, Jesus. ...is the one that done the deed. He... Did he fuck him up because of Boudreaux, what he did, or he's just an asshole? A self-avowed Satanist was serving okay. life. Okay, let's was, not, don't, Well, everybody stop, stop, because I know you're going to say like Satanist, and everybody in the background oh no. is going to be like, Satanism is evil and wrong, and I not. challenge everyone out there to, you all have Google, Yep. Google the tenets of mm-hmm. Satanism, and you will see it's a very do-no-harm Take responsibility, be kind to other people, and mind your fucking business, religion. Yeah. So before anybody freaks out and goes, he's a Satanist, he probably wanted to use him in a satanic ritual. No. 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 That's 
Satanic. You want to talk about satanic rituals? Yeah. Go talk to the Christians and the Catholics, please. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, that is 80s, get out. That is 1980 satanic panic. That's a satanic bullshit. panic. Yeah. Um, but that reminds me of one of the Oscar-nominated short documentaries this year. It was called Stranger at the Gate, and uh, it was produced by Malala. Okay. Um, and it's about a former. I th- he's either in the Marines or in the Army. I can't remember which. Um, but he basically gets out of the service, comes home, and just s- decides to bomb a mosque um, and wants to go do some recon and meets a couple of them and they welcome him into the mosque yeah. and hug him oh, and no. he converts to Islam. He what? doesn't He doesn't set off the bomb. He is a full, devout Muslim now. And he was saying okay. that he initially thought that the religion was violent and no, it was just preaching these things. And there's a line in it uh, that is what the documentary should have been about. Uh, he said his commanding officer at one point asked him how he was doing and he was teetering a little bit. He okay. was starting to crack because his missions were getting harder and he was having to kill more people and his commanding officer basically says just don't think of them as people and then you won't have a problem what so he turned it off and oh so who's the violent who's violent now exactly yeah get out of so here So that's what the documentary should have been about is right. why he became radicalized in the first place right rather than how he got de-radicalized but you hear words like satanist or right. muslim or right. whatever else and if you don't know don't form an opinion right. whatever um so that's just a, a detail that has nothing to do with this because he's you know, he could be a Satanist and we can think that Satanism is, is grand, but he can still be a piece of shit. Right. Uh, because he was serving a life, se- life sentence for strangling a woman to death in yeah. 2010. Okay. Claiming. Was he mad that he just had more kills? Like, well, what the fuck? He claimed that he murdered Kibby to avenge Kibby's victims. What? Yeah. No, you did. You did the same exact no, thing. No, you didn't, that sir. That he did. You, he pissed you off in some way, shape, or form. You were jealous of him in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Or something happened. Maybe you just wanted your own cell. Yeah. Who or knows? He just Don't wanted some. Start. Maybe you just felt like being violent. He he wanted some cred in jail or something. He Don't something. act like you did it. Yeah. To, who's going to avenge? Okay. Who's going to fucking kill you to avenge your victim, sir? Right. So now what you're saying is next it's, guy, hey, get in line. We're all yep. doling out our own justice over here, right? Right. So don't come crying to me when you get your ass fucking handed to you, or worse, and go, oh, I'm, I'm a victim. <laughs> so he has been charged with first-degree murder with special circumstances for killing Kibby. What the special fucking circumstances, please? Well, that it was in jail and he was elderly. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but prosecutors said they will not seek a death sentence against him <laughs> for killing well, somebody else he's already a murderer right twice yeah at least that we know of yeah uh but you're saying death is too good for this man well that's the other thing too that this is the thing i mean uh, i'm not a, so much thought, an eye for an eye but i mean i am but like yeah. <laughs> am i or am i not but i it, am but at the same time it's like i understand two wrongs don't make a right and stuff well, that's, that's but can the, the punishment other... fit the crime? I mean, you've already murdered someone, so you thought it was okay to take someone else's life, and now you're going to give yours. End of story. Yeah, and and some of this 
thought process for me has to do with the fact that I'm not religious and don't believe that anything happens after you die. Right. But to me, life in prison is a far worse punishment than the death penalty because once you're put to death, that's it. You're It's over. You can continually be deprived, fucked with, punished in essence mm. for the rest of your life if you're sentenced to life. Right. Once you're dead, you're dead. Right. I don't believe there's additional judgment waiting for you in the afterlife. So, like, that's another thing. Right. That, yeah, you're out of the world. You can't harm anybody anymore. Uh, but is that really a worse punishment than being in American prison? No, for I mean, I years? think. Like, this is what I struggle with, like I said, with the death penalty, because I always try to put it, okay, I try to think of it as, like, a moral issue, a political issue, that type of, you know. Yeah. Thinking about it like that. But then once you say, okay, but what if it was your mom? Well, what did she do? What if your mom got killed? Oh, okay, yeah. And now you've got this guy, and you can either give him the death penalty or life in prison. Part of you, of course, wants him dead. Not of course. I, not if I can't kill him. <laughs> right? But at the same time, so like if something happened to my daughter, yep. if I didn't kill the fucking person, I think this is, this is, I think I just answered my own. If I didn't already murder the person, yeah. never mind the cops, legal lawsuits and lawyers and court cases right. and all this If you bullshit. knew. If I knew was, and I knew who it was yeah. and I could get my hands on them and fucking kill them however I felt like was necessary yeah then fine okay but if for some reason the cops get to him before i do right then of course i want him to spend the rest of his life in fucking jail yeah and i will pay people right. to consistently fuck with you i'm loading up that commissary. every day <laughs> you getting ramen oh you're you getting, getting you're getting ramen <laughs> and you're getting toilet paper and you're getting toothpaste like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah who wants skittles like Oh, commissary Santa. Oh, they'll call you, you. Yeah, you bet your fucking ass. Yeah, I'd be like, who wants money on their phone cards? Yeah. You guys want phone cards? <laughs> yeah, I got them. You yeah, need oh, them. I got them. I got what you need. Yeah. So yeah, it it is. It's more complicated and also less complicated of an issue than mm. people make it. Right. I think. Um, but that was the story. Of the I five strangler Roger Kibbe, not to be confused with with the I five killer Randall Woodfield. Well, fuck them both. Fuck them equally, both <laughs> equally. And let's just hope that I never actually trick Michael into saying his number on the podcast. <laughs> because when I said, "What's your number?" I noticed he opened his mouth for a second, then he looked quizzical at me, like, "What did you just say, I... you saucy minx?" <laughs> and then he laughed. And then he evaded the subject. So every now and then, maybe I'll throw that in there and see if Michael just (laughs) magically forgets himself and throws out a number. Well, subscribe on (laughs) Spotify or Apple Podcasts to see if that ever happens. (laughs) Don't miss an episode. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow us on Instagram at MAF Podcast Show. You can email us. If you want a bad mouth, Carol. No, just kidding, Carol. We love you. If you want to thank Carol. If you want to thank Carol, email us at mafpodcastshow at gmail.com. We've got ye olde YouTube channel as well, Murder Amongst Friends podcast. Mm -hmm. And until next time, everybody. With that, Michael, stay out of the sack. (laughs) 
That's Sacramento for you, not on the West Coast. <laughs> Goodbye. Au revoir. Ciao.